Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey team, welcome to the 93rd episode of the Alan Williams Podcast. It's going to be a pretty quick episode today because I have exactly 32 minutes until I need to be on a call with a client, so I'm a little bit under pressure today. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with John Graham. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The all meditation is something I've been getting into more recently and I actually, I think it's really, really good. It's something I want to make an everyday part of my life. Really impressed with it, the impact it has and I thought I could never sit down and meditate but I've discovered that I can. John is obviously much deeper into meditation than me, very intelligent guy, knows a lot of stuff. God, there was some parts of that conversation I was clinging on by my fingernails but uh, I stayed with it and I enjoyed it and when I listened to it back actually I thought it was really good, I got a lot from it so I hope you guys did too. Today's podcast is the Life Mastery Plan. The Life Mastery Plan. So what I'm going to do today is give you five areas of life that if we master and if we can figure out how to master them, then I think we've got a pretty good life. So that sounds pretty promising, doesn't it? I'm going to give you those five today and I'm going to keep them brief because, again, I am kind of running against the clock on this one. So I'll do my best to give you the most succinct, knowledgeable information that I possibly can that might bring you some benefit. Okay. First area we need to master. So the life mastery plan, the first area we need to master is emotional mastery. So virtually everything we do is to change the way we feel. If you think about it, everything we do pretty much is to change the way we feel. It's to change the state. If you go and get an ice cream, it is probably to give you a little dopamine hit to make you feel good. If you meditate, certainly for me, it was the case that I was doing it because I wanted to make myself feel better. I want to change the state. So virtually everything we do is to change how we feel. If we're the person who wants to lose a few pounds, why do we want to lose that few pounds? It's not normally a physical thing. It's normally an emotional thing. It's normally to change the way we feel, the way we feel about ourselves, the way we view ourselves. So, okay, okay, you can say to me, I just want to lose a few pounds. I want to, you know, be healthier. I want to be in better shape. The vast majority of the time when we push a little bit below surface level, it does go deeper than that. There's usually more emotional reasons behind it. So this is a conversation I have with every client that I take on board now. The very first call we have, we go deep on it. Why do you need to do this? Why is it important? And it always starts out with the surface level stuff. I just want to lose a few pounds. I just want to do this one. And normally when I kind of keep pushing and I dig a little bit more, what I discover is that it's about changing the way they feel. It's about building self-confidence. It's about building self-esteem. It's about feeling better in themselves, feeling better in their own skin. A lot of the time, and this is kind of the unsaid stuff, there are issues around feeling attractive. That is one of the major ones that people will never say, but I know it's there. And I know it's there because I'm a human being and we all experience the same thing. We all want to feel attractive. We all want to feel loved. We all want to feel attractive to somebody. I think that's a big thing for most people. It's the unspoken one, but I know it's there because it's the emotional one. The emotional one is the one that people find more difficult to verbalize. But again, it's changing the way we feel. If I was to lose these pounds, what would that actually do for me? If it's a single person, maybe it's going, oh, well, I'd feel more attractive. I feel like I could get a partner. Then I'd be happier and life would be better. I'm not saying that's always the the result, but that's normally the narrative that's in people's head. So it's very much about changing the way we feel as opposed to just the physical. So the emotional mastery is one of the things that I think we probably need to get hold of in our lives and be honest with ourselves and figure out well why do I actually want to do this thing what is the emotional reason behind it as opposed to just jumping into everything without giving it any thought so when we can master our emotions and we can manage our emotions then that becomes a very powerful tool rather than something that is a hindrance you can use it as a driving force I'm kind of putting it across here in that you know 
people want to lose weight for emotional reasons and maybe some people are listening to it and construing that as a negative thing it's not a negative thing at all because i think we can use emotions in a very positive way too as a way to drive ourselves and as a way to get more out of ourselves interestingly enough i've just been watching the last dance with michael jordan some of you have probably seen the documentary i am about a year behind it came out last year but emotional mastery was something that was very evident in that one of the things that really jumped out at me and you could say this is for good or for bad but he had a great way of using emotions to drive himself on to become a winner to become a huge you know mindset just world champion mindset one of the things he did was he told himself stories to actually add extra spice to each game. So there was one in particular where he had said they played a game against, was it the Utah Jazz? I'm not sure, not sure who it was they played against. But coming off the court, he, somebody said to him, nice game, Mike, kind of in a disrespectful way. And that drove him on for the return game. So they were playing this team in a series. It drove him on. And in the return game, the guy that said it, he pretty much picked him out and, you know, decided he was really going to show him up in that second game. So he went and he went on him for every play and he scored, I don't know what amount of points. And he basically made the guy look like an amateur because of what he had said to him. Obviously his team won. And then afterwards, it turned out that the guy didn't actually say that to him at all. It was a story that MJ made in his head to give himself increased motivation. And he started to convince himself that these things were true because it got him to that emotional place where he wanted to go out and he wanted to kill people and he wanted to win and he wanted to win at all costs. So he made up these stories in his head, which in a way was emotional mastery. Now, you can say that's for good or for bad, but it is an indication of how driven he was to win and what he would do to win. And how much he mastered his emotions because he got himself in that place where he thought the world was against him or he made up this story that other people were against him and the people wanted to see him fail or whatever it was. He found that it worked for him in driving him to higher levels of motivation. So in a way, that is a form of, of emotional mastery, I guess. But it, it doesn't have to be, I guess, that deep or maybe sinister if you want that to use that word. I don't know. But you can figure out what does drive you and what can you use as emotion that's going to pump you forward rather than kind of seeing it just as a negative. I think it's something I did myself when I started off in business. I felt like there were people I had to prove wrong and this wasn't stuff made up in my head like Michael Jordan. This was actual stuff that happened where I felt people were trying to sabotage me, people that had previously even been close to me in terms of colleagues and things like that. And that drove me hugely for a couple of years. I Very much, I knew people had written me off and I knew people had been talking about me and I knew people had actively done things to try and sabotage me. And in my head, I got into that frame of mind where I said, I'm just going to prove you wrong. I am absolutely going to go out here and I'm going to smash this and everything you have done is going to be used as fuel. So that definitely helped me. That was emotional mastery because I could have gone the other way and I could have felt bad about it. And I could have thought, you know, all these people are right and all these people want to see me fail. Could have let it impact my confidence. Chose not to. So that was emotional mastery. Now, there does come a point where I don't think that serves you anymore because it can eat you up and it can actually become more negative than anything else. But for a couple of years, it was rocket fuel for me eventually my white changed and it was more about serving my clients and it was more about myself but that actual emotional mastery was hugely helpful because you can go one of two ways there you can let it drag you down and ruin you or you can use it to fuel you which was what i chose to do so that's number one emotional mastery i better move this on because as i said i don't have too much time on today's on today's podcast unfortunately number two is physical mastery so number two is physical mastery this is one that gets overlooked, obviously, by a lot of people because they're so busy and life is so busy that they don't think about their health. 
And I always ask the question, if you have loads of money in the bank, but if in the middle of all that, you are an emotional train wreck, you are mentally, you're not feeling great, you don't have time for your friends, you don't have time for your family, you don't have time for date nights, you don't have time for downtime, you don't have time for hobbies, you are feeling run down all of the time, you go to bed at night and you wake up the next day and you're still tired and you're not refreshed, your body is aching and everything is screaming at you to slow down. If that's going on and you still have the money in the bank, are you still successful? Is that a question worth pondering? Are you still successful if you've got all the money in the bank and all of that stuff is still going on on the side? So you need to decide then what your idea of success is because I think we're only truly successful if we're contented and if we're happy and if we're healthy. Christian Eriksen was a big wake-up call for a lot of people at the weekend. I know a lot of our listeners are probably not football fans, but I'm sure you've still heard of it. Denmark were playing on Saturday, I think. I wasn't actually too invested in the game but I had it on in the background and I seen what happened so Christian Eriksen a throw in was taken he was running towards the ball and he literally just collapsed with nobody near him Um, he had a cardiac arrest on the pitch now you're talking about a guy of 29 years of age here he's a multi-millionaire doesn't want for anything in life he has financially everything you know wealth wise he couldn't possibly need anymore but while he was in effect dying he was dying on the pitch his wife came to the side of the pitch, so she was on the sideline. Obviously, she wasn't let on, but the camera zoned in on her, which, again, probably shouldn't have happened, but they zoned in on her, in tears, hysterical, couldn't do anything about it. This is a couple that has all the riches in the world, but in that moment, it meant absolutely nothing. That couldn't save his life. What did save his life were the medics that were on hand and his teammates who really responded well in this situation. In, in an emergency situation, they were incredible. But it comes back to physical mastery. If you have all of that external stuff and you have all the material wealth, is it actually any good if you don't have your health? Now, I'm not questioning Christian Eriksen's health because obviously he's a professional footballer at the top end of the world. He looks after himself. But a lot of people listening to this podcast probably don't. A lot of people prioritise other stuff. They prioritise their work as the main one. We've become such a busy society now. Work is prioritised. Everything else has come before our health. So... I thought Christian Eriksen's situation was a brilliant reminder to the world. Slow down, look after your health. Because if you don't have your health, nothing else matters. All of the material stuff you have, it becomes redundant. It is worthless if you don't have your health. And this is why I have such a bugbear with people who won't pay a few quid for a personal trainer or for a coach. Because they'll do it themselves and they'd rather spend the money on... Televisions, screens, laptops, iPhones, cars, houses, stuff that in inverted commas impresses other people. And all the time their health is suffering and they're convincing themselves I'll do it myself, even though they've been telling themselves that same story for 10 years. So where are your priorities? Physical mastery is one of the most important of all these things I'm going through, in my opinion. So this is number two. We have emotional mastery. We have physical mastery now. I think the physical one is one that a lot of people need to take a long, hard look at, if I'm being honest. One in every two Americans die of coronary disease and one in three die of cancer. I don't know what the statistics are for Ireland. I tend to only find the stats for, for the Americans. They're, they're more readily available, but I'm sure it's something similar. And Ireland is on track to be the most overweight nation in Europe by the year 2030. So I guess our stats are probably not a million miles away from those. At the end of the day, we need to look at how we're living our lives. 
It's not just food. It's not just exercise. It's a combination of everything. We are eating nutritionally empty food. There's alcohol. There's cigarettes. They're sitting passively in front of screens. Even when we're at work, we're pretty much sitting for most of the day now. It's all screens. And then we come home, we sit down again in the evening and we watch television. And our bodies are not moving. Our bodies are designed to move and we're not moving them. And we don't feel good if we don't move our bodies. So effectively, we're looking at toxic chemicals in food we're looking at lack of activity we're looking at kind of abandoning our mental health really because we should be taking in exercise we should be taking in fresh air we should be getting outdoors we should be getting sunlight and most of us are not doing anywhere near enough of that and then we expect ourselves to be healthy go figure so that's physical mastery and i think it's an important one a lot of people are just hustling hard and then they're waking up and they are wrecked the next day when they should be refreshed and their bodies just aren't having it and if their bodies are not having it, it's time to listen to the body and it's time to wake up and start prioritizing the right things. And I'm sorry if that sounds a little bit forward, but that is the reality. Okay, number three, relationship mastery. Relationship mastery, that's number three. So I think a key component of relationship mastery is figuring out your core values. What are your core values? And most people don't want to stop to think about that again. What actually is important to you? Is it things like compassion? Is it kindness? Is it... Uh, there's a few for me. And I think one of them is somebody who is very compassionate with people. Somebody who's empathetic. I think somebody who understands other people. Somebody who is a good listener. I think somebody who cares about people. All of those things matter to me. They're core values. <sighs> somebody who looks after their health as well. I think that's a core value for me. Going back to the previous one, the physical mastery. I think that's important to me. Laziness is not something that I find particularly appealing. But again, look, it's different for everybody. So figure out what your core values are in life. Honesty is probably another one. Um, hard work, good work ethic. I think that's important. So all of these are just mine. You might have your own. But if you can figure out your core values, then you're going to attract the right people because people with those similar values are going to be attracted to you. I think a lot of people don't think about what their core values are. They don't give it any thought whatsoever. And then they can end up mismatched. And it's obviously... It can be romantic relationships, it can be business relationships, it can be interpersonal relationships, it doesn't matter. But your vibe attracts your tribe. So if you can figure out what your core values are, you're going to be on the same level as people who have similar core values to you. So it's worth, again, just thinking about what is important to me. And a great question on this, actually, is to think about three people that you admire. Now, that could be somebody in your everyday life who's just a friend or family member, or it could be somebody that you really look up to. It could be a celebrity, it could be a mentor, it could be a coach. I want you to think about three people you really admire. And then I want to think, I want you to think about what are three things that you admire in that person. So who are the people that you admire? And then what are three things that you admire in that person? And if you can figure those three things out, that's probably giving you a strong indicator of what your core values are. I hope that makes some sense. When we do that, that enables us to connect with people at a much deeper level. So if we can figure out what our core values are, we can connect with people at a much deeper level because they have similar core values. That's when we start to have great conversations. That's when we start to click with people. That's when things get a lot easier because we're on the same level. So figure out the core values and I think you're halfway there. Your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you will ever have. You are going to be with yourself every single day of your life until the day that you leave this earth. So your relationship with yourself is the most important you'll ever have. And I think I spoke about this on the podcast recently, so I won't go too deep on it. But I do think it is it's important that you have a good relationship with yourself because you cannot really have a good relationship with 
other people if you don't have a good relationship with yourself first. So you got to love yourself before you can love anybody else. That involves being able to spend time on your own, which again, a lot of people can't do. A lot of people are terrified to spend time on their own and in their own head. I would encourage you to actively do it. And I would encourage you to get out for walks on your own. I would encourage you to take a couple of days away on your own, whatever it is that you need to do. Be comfortable on, with being on your own and being in your own head and improving that relationship with yourself the only way you can really do it think about your relationship with anybody how do you really improve a relationship with anybody you spend more time with them so how do you improve a relationship with yourself you spend more time with yourself so don't feel the need to constantly be distracted so don't feel the need to have the television on all the time to distract you from your thoughts don't feel the need to be meeting up with people all the time because it means you're talking and you don't have time to think about yourself and what's happening in your life improve the relationship with yourself and the relationships with everybody around you will improve as well so that i think is your starting point improving in improving any relationship is improving the relationship with yourself that's the first and foremost. And that's the most important relationship of all. If you're not contented in yourself, life is going to be difficult. So the overall title of the podcast is the Life Mastery Plan. I think to master life, you got to master the relationship with yourself first. Make time for yourself. Get to know yourself. Get to love yourself. And be compassionate with yourself as well. Don't beat yourself up all the time. I kind of touched briefly on it last week in the podcast with John. But last week or the week before kind of something happened where I was thrown out of sync and I wasn't feeling great and I was kind of beating myself up and I did a meditation around self-compassion and it was absolutely incredible I have to say it was amazing absolutely brilliant so I would encourage you to delve into self-compassion and to improve the relationship with yourself before you really think about improving the relationship with other people even when problems arise in relationships think about people who go to see a counsellor for example so let's say marriage counselling I don't know about you but I have never, ever, ever come across anybody that went into a counsellor and said, I'm the problem. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody doing that. It's always, he's the problem, she's the problem. Well, she does this or he does this. He made me feel like that or she made me feel like that. There's never a component of, well, what did I do? Did I contribute to this relationship problem? So I think self-awareness is so, so important that we're not always pointing the finger. That we're working through things, but we can actually identify areas where we could improve. Starts with yourself, starts with a relationship with yourself and then that you can actually bring an awareness to a relationship where it's not all about blame and it's not always the other person's fault. It's how did I contribute to that as well? Because normally, guys, it takes two to tango. There's normally a bit of blame on both sides, let's be honest. So I think self-awareness matters as well in any relationship. And the last one in terms of our relationship mastery is one that I did touch on definitely in the previous podcast, not last week's one, the week before, was about your message to the world. And how you behave is your message to the world. So a lot of people say, oh, I don't care what people think about me. Oh, I don't care what people's opinions are. Oh, I don't give a shit. But honestly, that's a bit disingenuous because your behavior is your message to the world. How you treat people is your message to the world. And it's what you're going to get back. So if you want to improve your relationships with other people, you first got to look at how you're treating those other people. So this is very much related to what I've been speaking about 30 seconds ago. Improving your relationship with yourself. And also being aware enough to understand how you're treating people and how you're making people feel. People will not remember what you said, but they will remember how you made them feel. And that is a crucial piece of information that can change your relationships totally. Being aware enough to understand how you make people feel. Are they walking away from you going, Jesus, he's a money fuck. I don't want to talk to him again for another six months. Are you self-aware enough to realise if you are that person, if you're constantly moaning, if you're dragging people down because you have nothing good to say? Or 
on the flip side of that, are you the person who actually has something valuable to bring to a conversation, who makes people feel better about themselves, who brings some positivity to people's life, that they walk away and they go, God, I love that conversation. He always makes me feel good when I speak to him or she always makes me feel good when I speak to her. And again, it's not a falseness. It's just being self-aware enough to know how you make people feel. And that is going to improve your relationships as well. We've spoke about the relationships breaking down. We've spoke about relationship counselling. How many people don't have that self-awareness? How am I making people feel? How are my behaviours, how are my actions actually impacting other people? So you can say, oh, I don't give a shit what people think. But I reckon if that's the case, you could end up a very lonely old man or old woman. <laughs> because that is, it's, look, you don't want to be getting too hung up on the, the opinions of everybody and anybody. But the important relationships to you, you cannot have that attitude of, I don't care what people think. Because that's exactly what's going to come back at you. That's going to make life pretty difficult. Okay, so far we have covered emotional mastery, physical mastery, relationship mastery. We have two to go and I have got about eight minutes. So we got to get through this, guys. We'll stay powered on. Number four is financial mastery. And I think a lot of us know more than our relationships with people. We don't have a great relationship with money sometimes. So maybe you should compare that to a relationship with ourselves rather than people. Sometimes we don't have a great relationship with ourselves. But I think we also don't have a great relationship with money. And a lot of us have been preconditioned to think in terms of scarcity. That money is scarce. That money is something that doesn't grow on trees, for example. And effectively, we get into a mindset where we almost think that we don't deserve money or that we're not worthy of it. The multimillionaires of the world, they do because they've got superpowers. But us ordinary Joe Stubbs here, we have to scrimp and we have to save and we're not worthy of anything. And therefore, a lot of the time, we don't even charge what we're worth because our relationship with money is not a good one. My business coach asked me a while back, he said, do you think you've got a good relationship with money? And I, he barely said the words. I was laughing. I said, no. Absolutely not. I don't have a good relationship with money because I've been brought up in that environment too, as 99% of us have, where we're taught money doesn't grow on trees. You have to break your back for every pound that you get. And that's just the way it is. And I was in that mindset. And I, in previous years gone by, I was doing life changing work with a lot of clients, let's be honest. And I wasn't getting paid for it. I wasn't getting paid what I should have been getting paid for it. I was charging a pittance because I didn't view myself in that way. I viewed myself as the little guy from Sligo who, you know, was, was brought up kind of middle class. And we have to work so hard for everything we get. And I still work hard. Don't get me wrong. I still work incredibly hard. But my mindset around it has changed now because my business coach has taught me that when you are getting paid properly for what you do, you can actually impact more lives because what I've got now is a resource so I can reinvest in the business. Even with clients now, I bring in guests and I bring in different things. I pay for a lot of stuff that maybe people wouldn't even consider or see behind the scenes. But actually by charging what I'm worth, it enables me to have a greater impact and to help people even more. So there's a sense of contribution that comes from that as well. In terms of charging what you're worth, I think that is, it's something that a lot of us struggle with and it's something that a lot of us just don't do. My perception of it was when I started off in the fitness industry, for example, well, you know, I get people healthier and I'm running this for them and I'm running that for them. And then my business coach sat me down and he said, what you're doing here is helping people to change their lives. And in some cases, you're saving lives and you're charging a pittance for it. Now, I don't want to say I'm saving lives or I'm changing lives because I'm not. I'm impacting lives. He uses those phrases. I don't. I say I'm impacting lives because the only person who can actually change your life is you. 
So what I'm doing is I'm impacting lives and I'm helping people. I'm hopefully having some sort of influence over it. But what he was saying to me was, look, some of these people have been utterly miserable for most of their lives, for 10 years, for longer. They have no self-confidence. They have no self-esteem. Their health is suffering. Some of them have high blood pressure. Some of them are heading for diabetes. Some of them are going to end up spending thousands and thousands and thousands on healthcare. And you're solving those problems for them. And you're doing it for a pittance. That was the way he framed it for me. And that totally changed the way I looked at things. And then I thought, yeah, that makes sense. What we're doing is improving the quality of people's lives. Having an actual tangible difference in their quality of life. Every single thing about their lives improves. When we work with clients at Elevate, they're losing weight, yes. But they're also improving their sleep. They're also improving their energy levels. They're also improving their health. They're also improving the fact that they can actually improve their fitness to get out and play with their kids and to have a great life with their kids and to actually get out there and enjoy life. Their quality of life goes up tenfold. And that is not an exaggeration. Their quality of life goes up tenfold. Further down the road, they're not going to experience health problems, which if they didn't nip it in the bud now, they probably would. A lot of them definitely would. There's no question. I had a call the other day with a girl who was 19 stone and she didn't sign up because she felt she couldn't afford it. No, she didn't say she couldn't afford it. She had the money, but she wasn't willing to spend it on that. And I said to her, can you afford not to do it? And you know what? She goes, oh, I just didn't think it'd cost that much. And I'm going, okay, look, I'm not being funny, but you're 19 stone and you're 27 years of age. If you keep going as you are another 10 years, this is going to be very, very difficult to claw back. So you can spend money on me now, which, by the way, is a tiny amount in the long run compared to what you're going to spend. She didn't sign up and there's nothing I can do. I can't save people. That's not my job. Some people just can't be helped. If they won't help themselves, there's nothing I can do. So this is why I say financial mastery, uh, kind of coming back to my original point, you've got to change your mindset around it and you've got to realise the value that you bring to people. So if you provide a service, for example, like a business coach, for example, they charge plenty. And the reason they charge plenty is because, again, they know that when they do a good job, me as a business person, I improve. My income is going to be improved. So they're bringing a tangible value. So why shouldn't they charge for it? So you need to probably just understand that what you do is bringing a lot of value to somebody. It's bringing a lot of value to somebody's life. And you deserve to get paid for what you do. So changing the mindset around money, because people associate money sometimes as a negative thing. Unfortunately, we've kind of been brought up in that scarcity mindset. And there's there's a lot of that in Ireland. And if you do make a bit of money, sometimes there's resentment from other people as well. And that probably comes back to point one, which was emotional mastery. We've got to learn to not let that affect us. Because if we're doing good in the world, then why shouldn't we be paid in alignment with that and even with money you know it's it's a thing where people kind of think if you make more money that solves all your problems it doesn't it absolutely doesn't it it creates more problems and more pressure and for every level there's a new devil that's the reality of it for every level there's a new devil and i think i've seen a study somewhere recently where it was something along the lines of once you get to i think it's 70 or 80 thousand euros a year it actually doesn't make any difference to your life if it was 70,000 or it was 200,000, the money stops to make a difference. You get to a point where you're comfortable and then it's it doesn't really change how you feel or it doesn't really impact that much. That's probably a case where, you know, okay, for a while you think, oh, yeah, if I got to that point, life would be so much better. Life would be so much easier. And then the more money I have, the easier it's going to get again. That's not the case. It gets to a point where you make this amount of money and life is comfortable 
and you've all your needs are catered for and beyond that it doesn't really change the way you feel or the way you experience life it does however give you a resource to make more impact in the world and that's one thing that I have really kind of had a mindset shift on with money I don't feel bad about it now because I realize that it gives me a resource that I can help more and more people and go forward and probably going to hire coaches and stuff like that that can work with clients as things get busier and it gives me again that resource some money is a resource for living it's not a reason for living that's how I would probably finish the financial segment of this money is a resource for living it's not a reason for living okay mastery number five is time mastery here's a fun fact guys you might not have realized this but i'm actually coming back separately to record number five point number five i ran out of time i was running against the clock as you know um, I went off and did the phone consultation and now I'm back to finish the podcast. So it's a little bit all over the shop today. So I hope it um, hope it flows okay. The last one is time mastery. Time mastery, and I'm not talking about time management here. Time management is a whole different thing. I'm talking about time mastery and looking at the bigger picture. Not just looking at what's right in front of you and looking for instant gratification all the time. That's what a lot of people do. That's the society we live in nowadays. Everybody wants everything now and everybody wants to feel good now and everybody wants to win now and everybody wants the dopamine hit now. I am going to encourage you to look at the bigger picture and take your time and not rush towards immediate satisfaction. The better you can get at delaying the reward, the better your life is going to be. The better you can get at delaying the reward, the better your life is going to be. Think about weight loss. I have constantly said to my clients over the years, I want you to get good at delaying the reward. And they go, well, what do you mean? Here's what I mean. If you are a woman in the gym and you're smashing out a great session and you feel amazing, and then you go home and less than an hour later, you're smashing a tub of Ben and Jerry's on the couch. Why do people do that? Well, they do it because it's instant gratification. The tub of Ben and Jerry's gives that dopamine hit. It makes you feel amazing. It's a pleasure response. It is immediate. It's an immediate reward. What I want my clients to do is delay the reward. So what's the bigger picture? The goals that they've set, losing weight, feeling amazing about themselves, increased confidence, glowing, feeling like they're on top of the world and they're untouchable when they can fit into these clothes that they couldn't for the last five years. That's the reward further down the line. So that's what I mean by delaying the reward. So the bigger reward is actually achieving the goals and achieving everything they want and all of the things that is important to them. As opposed to the immediate reward, which is the Ben and Jerry's. So delaying the rewards. This is what I mean by time mastery. If you can master time, you're giving yourself a real chance of success in whatever it is that you're trying to do. Looking at the bigger picture, because even in business, it's the same. If you constantly look short term, you're going to experience hits. You're going to experience losses. If you let that cloud your view of where your vision is and where you're trying to go, then you're not going to be successful. But if you can accept that that's part of the process, that in the short term, there is going to be a bit of suffering at times, there is going to be a bit of pain. You're not going to have to feel good all the time in the short term, but in the long term, you'll get there. So always looking at the bigger picture. I think it's something that people struggle with because we're almost conditioned at the moment for short term pleasure. Everything is immediate. That's one of the side effects of technology. We want everything now. We want absolutely everything straight away. If we can delay the gratification, then I think we give ourselves a chance of moving forward and actually having a much better life. So that's one of the keys of life mastery is delaying gratification. And if you can manage that, I think you are giving yourself a really strong skill set. If you can master that, 
you are gaining something massive, something huge. So can you delay the gratification? Can you not give in to the immediate pleasure, but hold out for the bigger reward further down the line? There's a great quote by Tony Robbins, actually. He says, most people overestimate what they can achieve in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. Let me say it again. Most people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. Think about your weight loss journey again. You see the same thing. People set crazy unrealistic goals and they think they can accomplish them in a month. But actually, if they took their time, you would be amazed at what they could do over the course of a year. So, as an example, you will often see people who will come to me straight off and their mindset is just not good. They don't want the long term. They don't want... They don't want the work. They want everything now. They want the quick fix. And they want to lose two stone by Tuesday. And they'll start off with the first two weeks of January. They'll do okay, but they'll go too intense. They'll try and change everything and then they'll crash and burn because they want to lose that two stone straight away. If I was to say to you, I want you to average one pound weight loss per week and I want you to do it consistently. That's not going to be that difficult to achieve. One pound doesn't take massive change to actually achieve that. Over the course of a year, if you averaged out at one pound a week, that would be 52 pounds over the course of a year. That would mean you would be three and a half stone lighter on this day next year. Which do you think is more productive? The short term mindset, the I want it gone now to make me feel better about myself. Or one year later, I'm three and a half stone lighter and I've kept it off and I've done something in a sustainable way. Because you can, I mean, you can lose that weight within a month and you might feel great temporarily, but where are you going to be in a few months' time? So I would prefer that you look at the long-term picture all the time. That's what we call time mastery. So that was the last point today is time mastery. So I'm just going to give you a quick recap again before we finish up. The five, the five areas for life mastery that we touched on today were, number one was emotional mastery. Number two was physical mastery. Number three was, what was it? Let me have a look back. Number three was relationship mastery. Number four was financial mastery. And number five was time mastery. And they are the keys to life mastery. I hope you have found something beneficial in that, folks. Um, Short and sweet episode-ish. Yeah, that's it for this week. Go and be amazing, guys. Have a great week. You know where I am if you need help with anything. I'm taking on new clients for Elevate at the minute. So if that interests you and you would like to work with me and something has landed in today's podcast where you go, now is my time. I need to work on this stuff. I'd love to hear from you. You know where I am. So have a great week. Talk soon.